Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Welcome back to another edition of the Wolverine.com podcast, the Ballast and Skeen Show here at the Wolverine.com. With me, I'm Chris Ballast, five-time Big Ten champion, Doug Skeen. I don't think you ever played in the Super Bowl, did you? Did you play in the playoffs in the NFL? Well, uh, teams I was on was in the playoffs, yeah. but no, I was injured by the time the team got to the playoffs. So okay. I was a, I was on a roster ballast, but never played in a playoff game, okay. unfortunately. I that is unfortunate. Out. But you got all your bearings here, and you uh, played in the league for three years. Uh, and the guy yeah, knows football better than anybody I know. So um, first things first, Skeen, I want to talk about game time here. Um, game time, buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Game Time is, uh, has killer deals on last-minute tickets. Best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have. Um, flash deals, last-minute tickets. Uh, I've told this story many times. I was down in Texas and Austin. Got tickets at the last second for the Texas-BYU game. And now, um, you know what? Michigan might be playing Texas and Houston, so it might be the second time I see them. If Michigan gets by Alabama, which we will be talking about, and they will have Rose Bowl tickets, folks. So if you go to Game Time and get the app, the Game Time app, and use code Wolverine for $20 off your first purchase, that's code Wolverine. They guarantee that you will not find a better deal. So uh, there are images of seat views. They have a low price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, things like that. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. So Download the Game Time app. Uh, use the code Wolverine for twenty dollars off your first purchase. I'm going to be using it again to 
get Lions tickets now scheme because uh, these guys are on their way to the to the playoffs. So, but let's talk about Michigan here. And um, Michigan is also on the way to the playoff. Uh, it was not a good performance on Saturday night. I didn't expect it would be their best scheme. And I got to say this: if you had to play a team that you knew that you were going to beat the week after you put everything in to Ohio State, and we've used this excuse for them as you know going to the Rose Bowl that it was almost anticlimactic in the Bo Schembechler years and maybe in some of your years where you're going out there when uh, you've left it all on the line against Ohio State a month later. Now you're talking about a week later. So I did not expect them to play their A game. At the same time, I was a little bit disappointed with the clunkiness of the offense and especially the play of the offensive line. Well, Ballas, I think this is a byproduct of the age of the players, the maturity level of the players. And you think about guys that go on and play many years in the NFL and become professionals. And we can think back certainly to my time and when we all played sports, you focus so much on this one game and it means so much when it does arrive and they're undefeated and we're undefeated and all the marbles on the table. And you watch, if you can go back and watch the Michigan Ohio state game from two weeks ago and just look at the body language, and the emotion and the intensity in every player's eyeballs on every screen that you could possibly have watched it on every angle. It was all there. And I mean, the guys were grinding and it was, you know, everything that we thought it would be. And then go to last the last game against Iowa. Boy, I, I didn't see the Ohio State emotion. I didn't see the intensity. I didn't see anything. I, I saw a team that, quite frankly, expected to win, rolled out there, probably didn't play their best, didn't play their highest emotional football, and it showed some things that are uncharacteristic of this offense. The defense, I thought, played outstanding. But again, Iowa's offense is historically bad. And, and so – it wasn't all that clean and it wasn't all that, you know, wonderful to watch. We all expected them to win and, and they won handily. They did a lot of good things, Ballas, but they also did some things that looked like a team that had still left the lion's share of its emotion back in Ann Arbor with the big win over Ohio State. Yeah, they were waiting for the chicken sandwich. And I forgot to send you the picture <laughs> that I took of the table of chicken sandwiches, which I like to do. Um, somebody said they were burgers. I said, no, that's bullshit. These are chicken sandwiches. Uh, told me so. so um, but I will send you that picture. And uh, and here's the thing. Um, yeah, as I said after the Maryland game, and, you know, you get these these game threads on our site there that are they're everybody saying, well, there's no way they're going to beat Alabama or Texas playing like this. I'm like, they aren't going to play like this. And the same yeah. thing is after the Maryland game. They're not going to play against them like they played against, uh, you know, Ohio, they played Ohio State like they were going to, we knew they were going to play Ohio State. They weren't going to play like that, like they played against Maryland. Uh, they aren't going to play against Alabama like they played against Iowa. Now they might get beat by Alabama because Alabama's got a great football team, but it's mm -hmm. not going to be because they went out there. You had a bunch of guys too. And this is something else I want to point out is that Drake Nugent was a, a game time decision. This kid is battling his butt off. And I talked to John Jansen before the game. He said, this kid's going to play because he's tough. Should he have been playing? Maybe not. Uh, you know, um, he was he was that banged up. But he went out there, and, and once they got a 10 to nothing lead, man, you could just sense the game was over. There was no way in hell that Ohio or Iowa was going to be scoring 10 points in this game without a lot of help. And uh, and they kind of coasted a little bit, and they lost their concentration. I think that's human nature, right? I think it absolutely is. Again, back to the age of these mm -hmm. players and the maturity yeah. level, and everybody's telling them, you know, that you're going to walk into this championship game. And roll over Iowa, who can't score a point on a on an easy day. They just yeah. can't. That, that Iowa offense is terrible. And yeah, they had a lot of injuries, but they weren't all that great when they had all their starters in there. And that's no right. offense to Cade McNamara 
and Eric all and the other tight end and the safety of the cornerback uh, kid that was hurt on his crutches there. A lot of great football players standing on the sidelines for Iowa that didn't play. And maybe that would have been different, but it wasn't. And so Michigan rolls in there and yeah, jumps out early. It looks like it's going to be fairly easy and put it on autopilot. And it showed that the, 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 the body language and the football that we saw Michigan execute at Penn State and against Ohio State, it'll take that plus some great execution ballast to beat Alabama. Yeah. It can be done. And if we don't that. come, and I, and I think we will. I think you're absolutely right. They will come onto that field of the Rose Bowl ready to go with that playoff mentality. I think it's just, you know, for us old guys, we go and, well, we're thinking to myself, Man, this is a championship game. I mean, how can you roll in here and think you're just going to do something that's easy, which they did. Yeah. And we just get a little greedy, I think, as fans and former players and think, you know, sure. gosh, you should be playing more intense football. But quite honestly, after about the second possession of Iowa, it's like, oh, my God, these this offense is that bad. Yeah. And uh, we probably could have, you know, won the game 3 nothing. Obviously, we could have won the game 3 nothing. Yes, yeah, especially with the fumble that Mikey Sainer still forced there that when they were in field goal range, I thought, oh, there goes the shutout. So, uh, and that probably cost you from uh, winning staff predictions, if I'm not mistaken. So, <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry for that. Mikey's going to have to apologize to you for that. You're not going to get your chance to it this week. But uh, let's talk about Mikey Sainer. So we'll come back to the offensive line in a minute. But Mikey Sainer still is a difference maker. I don't care how many stars he has. I don't care where he will be drafted. When it comes to great college football players, this guy is a great college football player. I put him up there with the Marcus Rays uh, in his prime. Guys that maybe aren't going to put up the measurables uh, at pro day and get drafted in the first two, three rounds, but they're going to be on a roster for, for five, seven, eight years if all goes well because they are just that good. Uh, and this kid has all the intangibles he's got. He knows where to be and just makes plays, man. What a uh, what an unbelievable performance from him. Yeah, the only thing that, that Mike Sanders still doesn't have is the skeleton that other gifted athletes mm -hmm. have, right? Maybe the size, strength, speed, the, the, the combine measurables. But, man, does he double-check all the other boxes. Smart football player on the field, sense for the ball, anticipate where the, where the ball is going to go, looks at his opponents, knows where to be, has a feel for what the play flow is going to be, breaks on the ball, great hands, plays with violence with his hands, separating the ball, knows where to put his hands to make a disruptive play. Man, I think it could go back over the last 30 years of Michigan football and say, okay, I'm going to take, you know, the top 30 guys over the last 30 years. Sandra's still on that list. Yes, he is. He's unbelievable. And uh, and what a captain. So uh, getting him back for another year was uh, absolutely huge to this football team. Mike Barrett, too, who's been an absolute stud. So uh, but the good news is you've got some guys waiting in the wings, too, that are going to be great football players and played like it on Saturday. Everybody's like, well, you better get it this year because next year I'm like, slow the roll, man. There are a lot of good. This is not like uh, a one off anymore. Right. This is like the 90s teams again, where you are reloading here. Mm -hmm. And now there's an expectation when you win three titles in a row scheme. Right. Then you tell these guys when you leave, tell me what you tell those guys when you leave after five championships that you want to see them accomplish. We want to see them do as, as good, if not better than we ever did. Right. right. And, and this this and team just did. And they it, need it, to. Right? Yeah, they need to. The expectation yeah. is just going back all those years. And, and when we were freshmen, the seniors, John Vitale and Mike Hussar and all those guys. They told us, you know, when they came in as freshmen, they were expected to hold the line. And that line and that bar was very, very high. And so, you know, four or five years ago, we we're wondering if we're ever going to get back to this level now, Ballas. Well, we're, we're back. 
we're back doing the things that Michigan football has expected to do over the years. And now we're aspiring for the national stuff, which Michigan football historically has fell short of many, many times. And so these guys have done all the Big Ten conference expectations that is bestowed upon them, and they did it. They've done it three years in a row outright. That's never been done. We didn't do that. We tied, you know, the third year, uh, you know. But um, So hats off to these guys for winning three in a row. You get your name and your picture in the building forever, and that's a a sign of respect for sure. But now, now what? Now, Now this team, this team has got these goals out of here that we all did when we were there, but we just came a handful of plays away from it. And so here we are again. You know, this football team is now back to where they were. Think back when the game ended against TCU and you had Zinter and Keegan and, and JJ and and all these players saying, we're coming back. We're going to get back here. And I remember back here that, you know, a year ago going, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, yeah, okay fellas, that's going to be harder than you think. Well, they did it, Ballas. Yeah. These guys did it. Corum and all these, they absolutely have done it. And now we really get to see them to get to uncharted territory, which is winning this first playoff game. And and I think anything short of that is going to be a dramatic disappointment for these guys. I truly believe that. And let's just say that they don't get it done. Let's say they play great football and Alabama just makes a play or two more and we lose a tight game. Oh my gosh, this is a, this is the end of the rope. Michigan's gonna, you know, the the, the cupboard's gonna be empty. Your quarterback's gonna leave. Man, we've been hearing that for thirty years. When Michigan was rolling for the better part of twenty or thirty years, everybody thought, "Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do when Rick Leach leaves? Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do when Desmond Howard's gone? Who could possibly replace them? Who's who could possibly replace Chris Hutchinson? Well." There's a long list of guys that come along and they just have superstars in the making. We just don't know them yet. They're on the roster or they're not even in in Ann Arbor yet, but they're coming. And so that's what the program looks like when you're rolling like this. The bigger questions are who's going to be leading the program. Is Coach Harbaugh going to stay? And we get to go through that exercise again this winter, this offseason. And we'll see how that plays out. But let's just assume that he stays (laughs) for the long term. Yeah. The program's going to be fine, Ballas. We're yep. going to be where we want to be. I think if, if, if Jim stays, we're a 10, we're no loss. We're no worse than a 10, 10 win team every year yeah. going here, you're going here forward. And we're right there for the big 10 title. Yeah. And that's even with the new and enhanced schedule coming out with Oregon and Washington next year and Texas, uh, those guys are all losing quarterbacks too. That's what people don't understand. If JJ yeah. McCarthy leaves and there's no guarantee, uh, yeah. I do want to talk about the elephant in the room here and uh, let's talk about the offensive line. This is your area of expertise. They struggled mightily, I thought, on Saturday. Uh, they had some decent first down runs, especially when they needed to, you know, some five yard gains and things like that. But the pass protection, again, when you have guards playing tackle, and now they've got two of them, right? Uh, guys that are better suited to play guard. The pass protection is just not there. Uh, and I, I'm thinking it's not going to get any better against this Alabama defense. Mm-hmm. So is that what we are most worried about going to this game? And what went wrong against Iowa? Why could they not block? Well, that's well. So I think there's there's two things that stand out to me. You got a center that's a little banged up, but the biggest leakage for me, Ladarius at left tackle, really struggled against a bull rush and a really quality, good defensive end that he's playing against. But Ladarius got a little bit high and got put on roller skates a couple times and was walking straight into or running backwards straight into JJ, causing pressures. And then over there on the right side, Barnhart and Trente at right tackle don't have all the game speed reps of passing off twists, passing off linebacker stunts, combinations of twists, and that caused us some problems as well. And also some credit to that Iowa defensive line. I heard Jansen talking about 
just how good that Iowa defensive front was and that defensive line of theirs. So it's not like we were playing against a bunch of chumps. Right. But we're not going to be playing against a bunch of chumps against Alabama is either. We're going to have our hands full here. So the question is, can this be cleaned up? Can it be fixed? Well, yeah, it can be cleaned up and fixed, but you're going to have to just get those reps in. So this bowl practice season and scouting those guys are going to never going to have to be better for these things to get worked on ballast. And as far as Ladarius goes at left tackle, when you get that bull rush, boy, you just got to sink the hips and get the feet in the ground. Or, or this offensive coordinator, Coach Moore, and the other off in the offensive line there, you got to give him some help. You got to slide protection yeah. that way, put a tight end over there, or have your back release, pick up blitz on the other side, have your, your back release over there, give a chip. There's things to do to slow people down. Maybe they have to do some of that against Alabama. So there's possibilities for help. The problem with that is then you take one less guy out of the passing game and, and they are not going to be respecting Michigan's receivers. I can promise you that with the corners that they have, yeah. they're going to be up on these guys and you are going to need your tight ends to go out and passing routes. You are going to need your backs to be part of that passing game. So that's the I, concern that I have. How are they going to move the ball in this aisle? Ben? Well, I think, I think, the, I think the expectation, you're not going to see, you're not going to see the, the three to five second. Well, certainly three seconds, right? I think you're going to see shorter routes, Michigan may take advantage of more of the rub route stuff that you see so much in college football. The ball's going to have to be gone fast, and if that's not going to work, then you're going to see what happened against Penn State. We're going to roll the offensive line. JJ's really good at rolling around in there, but then you then you bring into the question, you know, him getting hit, getting physical. But hey, Ballas, the playbook I think is wide open against Alabama. I don't think the playbook was wide open against Iowa. I no, really don't. It wasn't. And we're going to talk about that in a second. First, I want to talk about Rogue Shop. Uh, go check out rogueshop.com, folks, if you have issues sleeping, chronic pain, anxiety, stress, which has been really the last month and a half in a nutshell for me, skiing with all this stuff going on. So uh, when you use promo code the Wolverine, get 10% off your order at rogueshop.com. Uh, sell CBD, THC, edibles, tinctures, smokables, bath salts, pain creams, topicals, vapes, candles, soaps, name it. Uh, they handcraft all of them. They grow their own cannabis in their own manufacturing facility. All their products are made with their cannabis. Their website has a 24-7 chat function where customers can ask anything at rogueshop.com. Uh, all their edibles are custom formulated with cannabis, vitamins, and plant materials. It is America's number one online dispensary and health, health and wellness shop at rogueshop.com. They are a true small business, disabled veteran owned, uh, and they are great people. And they have really been a great sponsor for us. So, uh, and have helped me through some uh, sleepless nights here in the last month and a half. Like I said, rogueshop.com, use promo code the Wolverine. That's the Wolverine at rogueshop.com and get 10% off your order. And thanks to those guys again. So um, Skeen, I did want to talk about the game plan because, you know, once they got up, it was just basically, okay. Once it was 10, nothing. I'm like uh, when, when Samaj Morgan, by the way, who looks like he really has a nice future at punt return, he's shifty. Um, he's, you know what he ran out, he had a piano on his back there in the last uh, 10 yards. He ran out of gas, yards. didn't he? He did run hey, out of hey, gas. Did you watch the, the end zone copy of that ballast. Yeah. The, the kid that ran him down, I know. Did you see where he came from? He tried to make the tackle. He yes. came from the five-yard line deep, outran yeah. every other human on that field and made the play. Yeah. And although it was not a play I wanted him to make, I was like, wow, that yeah. that's a heck of a play by that kid. Yep. You know but, yeah, young freshman I mean, just ran out of gas there, five-yard yeah. you know, line. And what I was saying was, well, you shouldn't have let him out of there in the first place, and you should have made the tackle when you were there the first time. <laughs> you could have saved us all a little bit of time, you know? So, yeah. But uh, it was a great hustle play by the kid, and it didn't uh, prevent a touchdown, but – 
that's what you're hoping to get, uh, right? And that's what you see from the Michigan kids too. And I respect the hell out of the Iowa program with one exception of the nepotism that, that Kirk Ferentz, who I have great respect for, has shown to his offensive coordinator's son. And, uh, you know, I wrote in my column today, you know, they were complaining about the call, uh, that, you know, inside when the arm got hit and the fumble inside the 10 and mm-hmm. Brian Ferentz was going crazy. And I go back to something that Bo Schembechler said uh, when Woody Hayes in the early 1970s was ripping up the yard markers because Tom Darden picked off a pass that he thought was interference. He said, if I knew that he was that upset, I would have given it to him there because that offense couldn't move the ball across the street. A player or two later, they point, you go down and kick a field goal and it's 22 to nothing and 20, instead of 26 to nothing, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, you know, it's, that. hey, listen. I understand that 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 coach is that coach got shown the door before the season even started because his dad couldn't do it or wouldn't do it, et cetera. Yeah. It's I don't think it's a healthy scene, but uh, it is what it is down there in Iowa, and there's you're going to have to get better, but offensively, but yeah, the offense was horrible. Yeah. Um. And so Sanders still comes around, makes the play, and then replay does what replay does. I you know I in, on one level, Ballas for me personally, I watch a lot of college football. I know you do too. I watch all of the Michigan games and so many others it's great that we have replay, but it's not so great that we have replay. Yeah. And, and in some ways the reality is the quality or the, or the effectiveness of the television production crew now has a direct impact on the outcome of football games yeah. because the speed at which they get a replay up or the angle with the cameras and how the director in the truck is, is focusing thing, you know, that the, the cameras in and the angles and all that and the slow-mo it just it just has changed the game for the most part for the better but in some situations it's like oh my gosh what are we doing here we're looking at everything go back to the ohio state game and you got fox going oh is that a touchdown yeah. is that a touchdown with roman wilson now we got to stop the game stop the game stop the game so there's parts of it that i absolutely do not like but yeah. mo- for the most part then you know the big stuff was his foot in and out you know, those kinds of things. I think it overall is a good thing, but boy, it just feels like there should be a tighter limit on it. Yep. I agree with that. And uh, Kirk Ferentz said the same thing after the game. So, uh, and he made it very clear that, you know, I don't think it cost us the game. And uh, we agree with that part, Kirk, no question about it. So uh, as far as the game plan went though, uh, it did seem to me that, you know what, they didn't do anything, frankly, that you're going to see. One thing I do want to say is that I want to see an Ohio state game plan for a playoff game now, right? Because I have to, yeah, but we haven't seen that against Georgia. You got to be a little more creative, right? And find some ways to get guys open that maybe you haven't shown all year. They do it against Ohio State. Now it's time to do it against these really good teams. Uh, you know, you're playing the best of the best here. They are not going to be blowing Alabama off the ball. I understand that teams have run on them, but this is a huge defensive line. They've got some guys that can rush the passer. So yeah. you, you damn well better find some ways to get JJ McCarthy involved with his feet. I keep saying it. You know, but now is the time, right? You've got nothing else to play for here except for these two games. If guys get banged up or get hurt, uh, you know what? Not hurt, but if they get the bumps and bruises, that's a chance you're going to take to beat these beat these teams and win these games. No, there's 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 no limits at this point. I think the whole playbook front to back is wide open. Ballas, remember years ago when Michigan went down to Orlando to play Florida? Yes, and I think it was Lloyd's last game. Yeah, and um, remember that offense of that year, the, the the season of Michigan football that year was old school Michigan power football. And we had a lot of success with it. Not all the success we wanted, but a lot of success. Mm-hmm. And then we went down to that game against Tim Tebow and the Florida Gators. And we ran an offense that none of us had ever seen before. The yeah. ball was flying everywhere. There's misdirection. There's running plays that we hadn't seen before. There's all kinds of stuff going on. And I remember to this day, 
where did this come from and where yeah. was it all year? Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that this is going to be a repeat of that, but there's certainly going to have to be elements of it. And we saw elements of, of wrinkles and things that we hadn't seen all year against Ohio State. Exactly. It feels like this coaching staff is going to do some of the same things. They're going to have to. They're not certainly going to abandon the core of who they are offensively or certainly defensively. I don't think we want them to, to abandon who they are defensively, but offensively they're going to have to because there's a little bit of blood in the water with this pass protection issue. Alabama will do everything they can to capitalize on that. And certainly they're going to sit, like you said, just like Iowa did, they're going to sit in man protection against our wideouts and say, we dare you to get open, leave the linebackers in to just spy the quarterback and put the yep. D line against our O line and see how we do. Yeah. So we can do all the wrinkles you want. Michigan to win this football game is going to have to put their feet in their hands and their eyeballs where they belong and flat out execute to go along with wrinkles in the wide open playbook. Yeah. And that offensive line for Alabama isn't great. You know, you watched them. What did you see from them? I know they're big, man. Some of these guys are absolutely huge and they're going to maul people. If they can run the ball, it's going to be trouble for Michigan. Yeah. We, this we have, will be the biggest, the biggest test of the year for them. Yeah. It, it you know, certainly will be. I, I, their right, their right guard is really powerful. The mm -hmm. kid's really, really powerful. Not perfect. He got beat in a couple plays, too, but really powerful kid. Uh, you know, we got big guys, too, Ballas. I don't think it's a matter of size, but they're really good at their combos, and when they get on you with their hands, boy, you good luck getting off, right? So so they're, they're a strong, physical offensive line. I think the Achilles heel to this Alabama team is getting pressure on their quarterback. He's an incredible athlete, as we all saw. Can run like the wind. He's got a super strong arm, and it's you know feels like the team, the huddle is all the way around him. But it feels like you know what? If you make him think and try to digest a little bit too much, he doesn't have that veteran zip in decision making just yet with the football. He hangs onto it for a lifetime back there and thinks that he can just outrun people at times. So if you put a fence around him. Give him a little pressure, make him see something that he thinks, you know, that he that he doesn't see. Maybe you create a turnover or two. That'll be a key to the game as well. Yeah, they got to stop the run, number one. And uh, somehow, you know, that's what worries me. I go back to that Orange Bowl game that Tom Brady, you know, they 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 found out early that nothing that they could do, nothing that they would normally do was working, right? Uh, it didn't matter what it was, whether it was screen passes, they closed so quickly, great team speed. So guess what they did? They went to David Terrell. They opened it up with Tom Brady and David Terrell, and that's how they won that game. A couple times with the tight ends down the seam, and I think that will be a key part of this game plan. And those guys got to play better than they played against Iowa, and they will. Catch they will. the ball. Right. right, and they will. Again, it's a concentration thing, and these are still just kids. But – I don't think they have that wide receiver that is going to be, okay, if we need to throw the ball, you say, you know, where did this offense come from? You know, they had Adrian Errington. They had yeah, Mario Manningham. They had Greg Matthews, uh, who as a number three on that team would be a, a prominent receiver on this football team. So that's what worries me the most. Well, there's some there's some serious worries, right? There's some serious concern. We don't have uh... – uh, uh, you know, a, a, a six foot four, six foot five guy that's just dominant wide receiver out there on the edge of our offense. We don't. Right. It's going to have to be a collective. Our tight ends are going to have to catch the ball when it hits him in the chest. We didn't do that against Iowa. I attribute that to the the Iowa emotional intensity rather than the Ohio State emotional intensity. Again, again, mentally, I think they took a step back emotionally. And so those things are going to have to happen. It would be all hands on deck. And I think Donovan Edwards out in space, try to get him against the linebacker as opposed to just rotating him in as just the backup to Blake Corum and running him up the middle. That's clearly not his strength this year. 
but he's an incredible athlete. Get him out and get him to the football. And even if it means a shorter pass into shorter distances, like we've seen so many teams over the years have success against us, Ohio State, during the dark years, and we were playing them, the little crossing route that goes for a five-yard completion that turns into 15 or 20. Those are the kinds of things I think Michigan's going to have to explore to get good at against Alabama. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, and again, stopping them as well. So it needs to be a lower scoring game, and I think it probably will be uh, if things go according to plan. Michigan's a one-and-a-half point favorite. I think they opened at two-and-a-half, and that surprised me. And I get that Alabama has not had great success against a lot of the teams on their schedule that you, know, that you would expect them to play better against, but they have proven with their elite talent at so many positions that they can rise to the level of the game and of their competition. They did it against Georgia. They controlled a good portion of that game. They did. And so that was that you saw, you saw Alabama's emotional best against Georgia. Uh, So that's what we're going to get. I don't think we're going to get the Alabama against Auburn emotional effort. And so, but the film breakdown will be there. I know the coaching staff in Michigan's probably already watched that Auburn film in, in great detail and figured out what was going on. So we'll be trying to do some of the same things. And so, you know, the other the other X factor here is you know the image of Coach Saban there. This is another challenge. You know, Coach Saban's got a lot of experience winning playoff games and knowing when to throw some curveballs. And he's a really, really maybe the greatest coach of ever to, ever to be in college football. One of the greatest, certainly. And so the challenge goes to the to the sidelines as well. I think you're absolutely right, Ballas. We're not going to show up and beat Alabama with the Iowa offensive game plan. Nope. It's not going to happen. Nope. And so. Um, but I, I, you know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, my gosh, if we play this way, there's no chance against Alabama. Well, that's true. Yeah. If we play that way. Well, they won't. We're not going to. I don't think nope. we're going to either. So Nope. And uh, you know what? They're going into this game with, uh, frankly, nothing to lose, in, in my opinion. And I get it. I understand the pressure of, of having to win a playoff game. But when you're 13-0 and and you've beaten Ohio State, you've beaten your rivals, you've won the Big Ten for the third straight game. To me, in my older age scheme, it's gravy. And I understand that's not the, you know, the Michigan mentality. Um, however, uh, it's, you know, you, yeah, you want to win these things, right, when you get there. Um, and there are only going to be so many opportunities, especially now with the expanded Big Ten. However, with the expanded playoff, you're going to have probably have more opportunities uh, two down the road. However, um, to me, it's uh, – Am I wrong? I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be really really nice, but it, the season certainly isn't a failure if you lose the first. I game. think I think you are wrong for okay. this team, Ballas. Okay. I think okay. this specific team, and, I, and I'm speaking on behalf of what I've heard these players say right. going back to last year's TCU disappointment. Mm-hmm. These guys have set out to get back to this game and to have success in this game. We just didn't know it was going to be against Alabama. But here's a newsflash: whether it was going to be Texas. Or, or Washington, it didn't matter. They're, you're going to play a really great football team, Florida State, who, by the way, got screwed. But yeah. that doesn't matter. It, for I think for this team, if we don't beat, if they don't beat Alabama, they're going to look at this as a disappointment. When they get older like us, Ballas, they're going to go, mm-hmm. yeah, you know what, those were great teams. I feel that way about my last year. We went 9-0-3 because right. we didn't have tiebreakers back then. Yeah. And yeah, you look back and you go, man, I wish we should have won that game. And these guys could feel that same way. Last year's guys that finished against TCU, they're going to regret that for the rest of their lives knowing they should have won that game. And then who knows what would have happened. Right. So I think I absolutely think for this team, there's this is not uncharted water yet. They're still in familiar waters. They're about to go around the corner of the point there by the lighthouse and head out into the open water where maybe they haven't been. And that's where yeah. they want to get to. And so they have to beat Alabama or they will fall short of the goal that they have on the wall inside of Schembechler Hall of winning it all. 
Yep. Last question. Why can't this Michigan football team run the ball? Well, you know, the, the, the answers are pretty simple. It's just running the football is as simple as you got to have effective down lineman blocks. You got to come together with what Michigan does, our base stuff, combination blocks up to linebackers. If you're not going to move your down lineman or create seams and get to linebackers, you're not going to run it. And we weren't getting to the linebackers as effectively as we should have against Iowa. And so that's one of the reasons that we haven't dominated the way we did last year. We're just not as good. We're just not as good as last year's offensive line. I think part of that, as we talked about earlier in our season here, Ballas, Oluwatimi, Nugent is not Oluwatimi. Nugent is a scrappy, really nice center, but he's not as gifted as Oluwatimi was. And at left tackle, Hayes last year was better than we have it with Ladarius at left tackle. And that's no disrespect to Ladarius. He's done a good job over there. Hayes was just a little bit better. And so we're just, I just don't think we have the gift of God gifted talent in the offensive line unit collectively that we had a year ago. And so we're good, not great. And then the other reason I think is because we have the ability, availability with a quarterback who's much better than he was a year ago. We don't have to be great on running the football because we can throw it more effectively. Yeah, I think you're right. But now we're going to have to see his legs too against Alabama. If Michigan beats Alabama, J.J. McCarthy is going to be the reason why, in my opinion. So he's Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion, all Big Ten offensive lineman Skeen. Thanks again for all the great work this year. We will be back. uh, We'll probably do something here in the next couple of weeks, and then we'll be back to preview the Rose Bowl, and then we'll be back afterward. But uh, always appreciate your insights. Go Blue. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager. Only $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 5332 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.